Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Poddleters. I hope you're doing well. I have got a very special episode of the podcast today. It is with my boyfriend, Matt. I can't believe that he actually agreed to it. I've been asking him since the dawn of time and he's kind of always been like, no, I'm okay. But because we're in lockdown and he hasn't got much else to do, I think he was like, fine, he conceded. So I asked everyone who follows me on Instagram to send in questions for us to answer and we did exactly that. I actually think Matt was bit too good for my liking I'm worried he's going to take my crown but I really hope you enjoy listening and as always please do rate review and subscribe bye hello and welcome to adulting today I'm joined by a very special guest Matthew hello hello so for people who don't know who you are can you tell us who you are (laughs) um I am your lockdown companion um and your boyfriend Yes, very good. We'll, we will save any more details because they're in the Q&A. So basically what we're going to do, thank you so much for coming on, Matt. Actually, this has taken, it's been a long time in the making. I can't believe you've actually agreed to it. I know, eight weeks of lockdown, there's a lot to people, doesn't it? <laughs> well, what, we're, what we've decided we're going to do as our topic is we're going to answer all of your questions that have been sent in via Instagram. So I just asked for random fun questions about us, our relationship and life. And actually, there's some really good questions. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a mix. I haven't seen them yet, so... No. This could be interesting. But you've got a corona and I've got a rosé, so you can't really have a bad time, can you? One brand. Should we go in with a big, a big number one question? Yeah, why not? Okay. Go big or go home. So, I've lost it. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, okay. People want to ask fucking questions, don't they? Okay, right. Number one, Matt, have you ever had reservations about dating a feminist? Ooh, um, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I should probably ex- should I explain a little bit more why. Yeah. So I guess it, it depends um, maybe what your definition of a feminist is. What's your definition My, of a feminist? Mine would be somebody who believes in kind of equality of opportunity mm-hmm. um, for both. Um, and so therefore, I would count myself as a feminist, so I couldn't really have reservations about dating a feminist because then I would have reservations about people dating me at the same time, which would be a bit hypocritical. That's such an answer. Also, equal opportunity and equal rights, surely. Yeah. 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 All the equality. We love that. Great, great answer. Okay. What did you think of each other when you were in school? Should I go first? Yeah, you kick us off. So I literally fancied Matt loads um, and thought he was really hot. What did you think of me? We did have a bit of a thing in school, didn't we? We did used to snog behind the bike sheds. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what else did you think about me? That's not a thing you thought. That's it was a long time ago now. It's nearly like what 10 years. What do you years. mean? I remember. I, yours wasn't that descriptive. This is like 10 years ago. Um, Matt, Matt was head boy and was really well behaved and like really studious and I was quite naughty. You're pretending to be naughty. I'm not, Pretending yeah. to rebel. I was a legend. Minor rebellions. Minor rebellions, that is very true. Do you, Matt, consider yourselves to have similar background and upbringing? Um, 
Yeah, well, we went to the same school, so by proxy, we, we probably have very, very similar backgrounds in some senses, but then in not others. We've got the same, I think we come from the same privileges. Yeah, 100%. Um, but we have different, like our families are quite different in our family structures and like the way that we were brought up in terms of like really nitty gritty how we brought up, but on a broader like societal thing, I'd say we had a very similar upbringing. Yeah. Both privileged we and went to a private school, which is a massive thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, one opinion about Anoni that has changed since you first met. Oh, God. <laughs> You've got to think back over, like, 15, 16, no, how many years? Since we met, or... 12 years. Since we started going out. The question is since you met, since we met, but any opinion that's changed with me, that would be still since you've met. Um, maybe, maybe at school you weren't pretend, you didn't try to show people, or you weren't so, um, you didn't take pride in kind of how smart you were that like much or, you, or you didn't try to put it out there very much so it wasn't something you wore with like you know pride whereas now obviously it's like kind of central to who you are and who you want to be um, well, I want to be clever <laughs> yeah you want to be known, known as being clever anyway <laughs> that's important that is actually really perceptive I was really insecure at school so I would just pretend to be really I would like act like yeah, a yeah you pretend to be like an airhead and like being stupid which is ridiculous um, and so yeah that's but I don't know if I but held you, that opinion no I, you're too, I didn't know you you're too smart no, I didn't know that much Okay, um, what's, oh yeah, how do you both deal with any jealousy, trust issues in your relationship? We do, I don't think we've really had any. Um, no, well, was... tr- jealousy and trust are two different things. I suppose if you, if you have trust, you don't really get very jealous, I suppose. Well, that's the way I see it. Do you know what it is? I think you're so trusting and you're so non-judgmental and you're so not jealous. That I don't think I've ever got jealous apart from once Matt liked a girl's picture when he was in Vegas and I freaked out for about, because then I think, did you get on a plane or something? Like you weren't contactable. Oh yeah. And I, that's so ridiculous to me to get annoyed about it. But I was like, I got, I got so annoyed. I was like, why is he like this picture? Has he cheated on me? That was right at the beginning when we were going out. But um, apart from that, I, I think it's because I've definitely been in jealous relationships before. But I think that comes from when you don't have a good foundation of trust, like you said. So because you're so stable and so trusting, yeah. I don't get jealous. I think if you're, it's all about, well, not all about, but communication plays a big part. So if you're super open and transparent about, what you what's okay and what's not okay in any relationship like in life then I think it makes it a lot easier for the other person yeah so. we do just share loads as well like, I don't think there's any secrecies there's nothing like that I would be suspicious or anything of especially not in lockdown it's a bit harder nowadays <laughs> yeah, you can't cheat on me now okay is there anything you disagree over politically mm. no most of the time we just nod don't we yeah like, we're quite similar politically, I'm sweating so much <laughs> So hot. You're, ner- you're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. No, I'm not nervous. Yeah, I don't think we disagree about anything politically. I think this is a question that's coming up later, but I think Matt, if anything, kind of reaffirms my um, my ideas. And also you're much more clued up on politics and stuff. So if anything, I'll look to you to kind of rehash things for me. Yeah. So I don't disagree. Anymore. We don't disagree really on politics. No. <laughs> Are you ever tempted to try on my incredible clothes during lockdown? <laughs> if yes, favourite outfit. Uh, am I tempted Are you? to? Um, <laughs> Well, yes, mainly because I live out of a suitcase currently and the suitcase is tiny, so I don't really have many clothes. Um, I have worn your clothes before as well. So yeah, you, so there's been a few fancy dress parties where Matt has worn my clothes. Oh yeah, I should probably qualify that, shouldn't I? I've worn your clothes before to like a fancy dress occasion. No, but I think I do try and give you clothes sometimes when we're 
getting dressed with things. We've dressed, I've dressed up in your clothes in lockdown already. Yeah, I know, we did Britney and Justin. Yeah, Britney and Justin, so yes is the answer. But you've thrown away your leopard print flares, which were um, a favourite of mine. I know, but they had a hole in the crop. They'd gone, they were from Pitchel Thing and they lasted so many years and then eventually, they first of all, they'd shrunk loads and then I got, got bigger so they just, just didn't <laughs> fit all round. Also, although you did stretch them, that hole might have been you. Um, have we ever broken up? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not as as the time of recording. No, <laughs> as the time of recording, we're still together, which is which is great. What's the best lesson you've learned from your past current relationship? Have you got from my past current, past or current relationship? Um, probably just to communicate more. Yeah, I think I'm not. It's uh, you. You talk a lot. You're good at talking. I'm not so amazing at talking. So I think yeah, being able to communicate and vocalize what you're thinking or how you're feeling is. I think Important. we've actually learned loads, but we've got, like, right at the beginning, we kind of figured out our love languages, which I've spoken about before, and we, I think we really treated this relationship with care when we went into it, as in we really, like, spoke about it. I don't think I've ever gone into a relationship with such kind of, I don't know what the word, do you know what I'm talking about? We kind of really mm. thought about things and spoke about how we were feeling. So from, I think because we had that foundation of knowing each other anyway, Maybe we didn't have to get past any hurdles. We were just like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. So if we like, argued about something, I would be like, this is what I need from you. And you'd say stuff to me like, you need, this is something that I feel. And then gradually over time, we've just adopted to them. So I can't really remember, but I do think maybe because we knew each other, there was a level of um, like a layer that we'd already got through that maybe people come to later on in a relationship. Yeah, and I think we were both quite happy being separate individuals, like we were very happy being um, single before we got together. So to be honest, yeah. it wasn't like we were looking for something to fill a void or to to solve something. We were quite happy being separate. So I think that sets you off on a good footing. I think that's why we work because I think, especially for me, I was finally at a place where I was really happy as an individual and I'd been really insecure before and I'd had bad relationships. And then when Matt and I got together, I was like, no. <laughs> and then hmm. you forced me to go out with you and now I'm very happy, so I that's think, good. Yeah, well. 12 hours later, maybe, or something like that. No, it, no, it wasn't. Okay, just coming off this topic, finance advice, please. And, well, that's quite broad, but can you explain what you do and how you're coping with COVID-19, etc.? What do I do? What's your um, job? My job. So um, I work for a consultancy company called Accenture, uh, which is a large American company. But within there, I work um, in a very small part of it. Um, I run their accelerator program, which is um, a program to help and support early stage companies specifically within finance and financial technology. So it's called the FinTech Innovation Lab. Um, that's what I've run for the last 12 months or so. And so I guess on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm looking to help and support early stage companies. Yeah. Well, how are you coping with COVID-19? And how am I coping? Oh, I think okay. Um, apart from the work situation, I, I moved out my own flat to move in with an Oni. Um, after about two or three days of working with my brother in the same flat. Um, that was pretty unworkable. But luckily, Nones and me both have quite different schedules or working schedules, so it's made it quite easy. Um, but yeah, work's been a bit quieter, but no massive changes. I guess a lot of the stuff that we did previously, um, or at my company anyway, uh, a lot of it can be done virtually, so we haven't missed out on too much. His job's actually so interesting. I remember when we, you first would like tell me what we did and I didn't really understand. And weirdly, there's been so many times when from like where Matt works in the fintech lab that I've actually found connections and people that I've wanted to work with. And I always used to think that people that worked in the city did jobs that were just so far away from what I did. I'd never find it interesting. But actually what you do translates into loads of my work, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, what's your fave dad joke? All of them. Matt loves dad jokes. It's like your absolute forte. Anything... Uh, yeah, I don't have a list, but any time I can make a, a dad 
related joke or a dad joke of sorts, I'm right, yeah, I'm first. He literally does them to me all the time. I can't even think. Can you think of any now? It's because you're not a comedian. You can't think of them off the top of your head. A comedian's plan, so that's probably... Uh, well, no, I'm just a freelance comedian that just does it. Yeah. Freelance. Um, but no, I don't have a favourite one, but I do love dad jokes. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think the best qualities are the best qualities of each other? These are all really nice questions. How many How many are we going for? Should we do three? Oh, God, three. <laughs> can we have a minute? <laughs> um, you can have a minute. No, I can, I can go if you want. You, you go first. I don't want to go first. You're... Very caring um, for other people, so quite selfless. So let's say selfless rather than caring. Do you think caring is a bit too gendered? Yeah, caring is... Well, I'm not sure if it's gendered. But do you know what I mean? It's like that idea, like... Yeah, I'm but not... no, you're selfless in terms of with both family, friends and everyone around you, which is really nice. Um, you are really smart and intelligent and driven by, by your own thing. So being able to do... And pretty much, well, from the time which you moved to London, you basically created your own little business from, like, the ground up, which is yeah. pretty cool. So that's number two. What's number three? <laughs> you oh, tell God. me. It's your question. Um, oh, God's bad, isn't it? <laughs> I'm really, really funny. Oh, yeah. No, you'd like to think you're... I'm you are, so you funny. Quite, I think that's my fun. number one quality. Being funny. Yeah. No, you are, yeah, super easy to talk to and, and get along <laughs> with because you are quite humorous. Okay, thanks. I think yours are, you're really non-judgmental, I say this all the time, and you're really kind, and you really, like, see things objectively in a way that I don't understand how to do. You're super calm. You never get angry. I think I've seen you angry once, even then you really weren't that angry. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're really... I love... He's so motivated in everything you do with that sport, exercise, work. Like, if you put your mind to it, you'll do it, and that's amazing for me. That's taught me notes, and you have, like, a really good routine and structure. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. I was so much quicker than you. You had time to think about it. I yeah, that's true. Spot. Okay, that's that's another question. Who's more career motivated? Difficult because mm. we both have very different careers. I, I think suppose. I think we're on a par. Yeah, I don't think I think we're both very um, driven career-wise, but we're driven in separate ways, and we have different careers, um, so it's difficult difficult to compare. Matt, you you've got a really good work ethic. Like, you work really hard. I have really big ideas that don't necessarily yeah. might not happen. Yeah, we both want to do a lot. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever compare yourself to other couples? Um, I try my best not to compare us to other you couples. You never compare us. I, I don't because, I, well, I have a twin, so to be honest, I've been comparing my life to somebody else for the last 26 years, and to be honest, it doesn't really get you very far. So I try to limit comparisons yeah. wherever possible because it just it doesn't doesn't do you any favours. I try not to, but I sometimes do, but not, like, on a deep level. I'll just kind of be a bit joking and then just see what Matt says. Just for bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Did you both come into liberal views after school? I went to a similar school and all Tories, exclamation mark. Oh, God. All Tories, I feel for you. Yeah. I feel, I feel for your pain. Um, mind you, a lot of people at our school probably were as well. And people but still are People Tories. probably assume that we might be anyway, I guess, accent wise. I think I was definitely way more conservative at school, not knowingly. I didn't really have any political understanding or views of my knowledge. Mm. But then as I got older and I started to learn about feminism, I went to university and I, like, suddenly loads of things just appeared to me and I was like, wow, I really don't think I agree with the way that I thought about the world. Mm. I didn't see my privilege at all. I don't think you were like that. I think you were... You were brought up maybe more liberal. What do you think? Yeah, potentially. I, I was. 
My parents probably voted Tory most of their lives today, isn't it? I, I would have thought. I mean, yeah, I, but they haven't always, but I know they have. Like probably on well on well when especially when they were younger, maybe not in recent times because it's got pretty darn bad. Um, I don't I don't think I was politically that interested at school. I don't think I was engaged in politics when I was at school. Whereas now, I think from university that's probably quite normal. When people go to university and after university, that's the point in which they tend to engage in politics because you can vote at that stage. So when do you think? Yeah, but I think whether or not not necessarily Tory, but liberal as in having a wide broader understanding of privilege and stuff i feel like you got that oh, sooner right, than yeah, i did that but i so i thought you're coming from a, like a political stance no yeah but political but then at school neither of us had like we weren't voting yeah. so what was your do you think that you always had quite why do you think I that was, is because of what you studied i think i was i think i was quite aware early on um from a privileged perspective and things like that because well i certainly didn't fit like a typical mold of somebody who'd be able to afford to go there like the school that we went to was re- like ridiculously yeah. expensive, so I could only go on a scholarship and a bursary. Same. So therefore, like, I didn't really come from exactly the same world as most of the people who were there. So I was quite aware, or acutely aware, that they w- just were out in almost dealing in a, in a different world. Oh yeah, but so did I. But I completely faked it, and I wanted to be like part of that world. Like I wanted to feel. I didn't know. I didn't. Couldn't. I didn't quite realize that. Because when you go there, you feel like everyone's like that. So I thought I was the other one, and I would act like. But I'm still really. We're still very, very privileged, but just not maybe in a the yeah. same way as some. I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? Talking about like class and wealth and things are kind of different things. I knew I was like well off compared to like 99% of the population, but then there was and to like never take that for granted. You actually taught me, especially when we first started going out. You would be really good at grounding me and teaching me lots about privilege as well. Secretly, Matt's the backbone of this podcast. I've been feeding in the episodes, left, right and centre. Oh, interesting. This is a good question. Random, but interested in Matt's general boy perception of female body hair, e.g. legs. Oh, we spoke. Did we speak about this today? Yeah. Um, I always have hairy legs. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being conditioned to say that. Uh, Yeah, I've just been conditioned. I don't know. I just don't... I wouldn't love it if you grew out your body hair, which is going to sound terrible, isn't it? Mm, It does sound really bad. But I'm fully aware that it's based on like social conditioning but like you know but you wouldn't tell me i never i, I always grow oh, my leg hair oh yeah your legs get nice and prickly and like you know you, not prickly i grow them full yeah leg. and your, your toe hair and matt plucked my toe hair i plucked your day. toe hair the other day so i don't have a um <laughs> you wouldn't you I don't, don't have a version no to you have a preference to me you'd like every now and then i'll go to matt do you think I should go my armpits out just to get a re- <laughs> reaction? And he's like, he'll then do a really long-winded story about, no, I, d- I mean, I don't know. But no, I don't think he does like it. But you wouldn't stop me if I wanted to, but it's no, just because I don't it's want your body. to. Yeah, exactly. What's the weirdest joke you have that no one would understand? I think anything like that is too cringe. I can't say. The weirdest joke? <laughs> weirdest joke, like in joke. Yeah, I don't think you should put that on the podcast. No, okay. I know you like your own space. What's it like to live together so closely? We both like our own space. That's... Yeah, we do like our own space. We've only had one or two minor hiccups since living in a very small space. Yeah. And it was... About uh, that. Yeah, yeah, it was probably just about... Well, was it about it that? Was about what, it was about, like... Oh, yeah. Because about... I'm, like... I'm My work's creative. And I'm really used to living on my own in my own flats. So then when Matt... I but, but then also because I have this side of me that I'm like, oh, I want him to do whatever he wants. Like, you do all your work. I then kind of would... It's more, uh, it was like I was self-sabotaging because I was being people-pleasing. We didn't talk about it anyway. No. But no, it's been, what was the question? Oh, that wasn't the question. I know you like your own space. What's it like oh, it's, living it's okay. so closely? I think it's okay. I'm loving it. No, it's, in, like, it's okay. Like you still get your own space, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've always been good at like being apart together. So we'll like read together or mm. we'll be in this, we, we're really good at being in the same space, but like not having to be 
together all the time. So it doesn't feel like... And what do you say if we want to do different things? I'll just yeah. say... Oh, yeah, we do different stuff. We don't do everything like together. Fancy reading. Yeah. Or you're going for a walk and then I'm asleep. <laughs> um, someone said, what is Matt's take on you going from Tiny Tank to all you involve yourself in now? I think it's cool. Yeah? Yeah. It's like broadening away from just one single fitness genre, which is, I don't know, it's a bit, um, it's a bit limiting and I don't necessarily think it was true to what you really wanted to be doing anyway. So um, yeah. I'm all for you wanting to do something which is actually far more true to yourself. Um, and I think that shows in everything you do at the moment. You you love what you do. Well, for the most part, yeah, you love what you do. Um, and not having to post photos of yourself doing workouts each day is probably a massive relief. It's not you may even if you like working out, it doesn't mean you would want to post about it twenty four seven. Like I like I like like working out most of the time, but I never want to post a, no. a video of it on a social media account. And I can only imagine how limiting and how dull that must get after the initial novelty well it wears off like once you're following rises and you know you get a bit of affirmation oh yeah you're doing a good thing good thing good thing and you're like well actually it's just really boring and it's very get put into a box don't you you've literally put that better than i've ever said it that is that is exactly why it was like it was like yeah i like working out and then everyone's like oh my god you're doing so good so you keep doing it and then after all you're like oh my god it is actually horrible to film myself the whole time didn't working out i know it's not that i don't work out but that is why like i I changed it. Oh, that was a really funny... Oh, actually, let's ask this one. Mm-hmm. What's your least favourite thing about my job being on social media? Oh, when you... When <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Do, do you? When you share something which you promise to say it's oh. for memories, like, you'll take a selfie of us. <laughs> I didn't think that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I can't even remember. No, I don't. I, this is the only thing. It's like when you sne- <laughs> you're sneakily say, like, take a side photo being like... Of us. Yeah, oh, being like, it's, oh, it's for memories, it's for memories. <laughs> and it would be like in a compromising situation or it just we won't be looking too good especially me and then you'll go and post it and then I'll later realise that it's been released to like 125,000 people it's not as if it's sent to like a small group That's, be, but it doesn't but really piss me off you it's don't kind of, like having don't pictures really taken so I'll be like oh babe let's take a picture for memories we want to remember this day and then I'll be like oh actually I'd quite like to post that oh and also taking photos yeah that's what you're going to yeah, say yeah taking photos in, I, I don't want to be the person who's the boyfriend on of Instagram like that person getting video taking a photo of hates his girlfriend continuously. Like, I don't mind taking photos, <laughs> but I think being in a compromising position, taking photos for an extended period of time can sometimes, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's not thought, my favourite thing. I thought you were going to say that. So yeah, two things. Oh, whoops. Um, who is the most stubborn? How do you resolve arguments? Who is the most stubborn? I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn. <laughs> yeah, but I think you... Do you think you're more stubborn than me? Yeah, 100%. I give it an easier... I always apologise quite quickly. Yeah. Like, just now you've just agreed that I'm more stubborn. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, am I really submissive? I'm, no, but just, I, I definitely am more stubborn. I think because I can cope with the... Yeah, I can't Like, well, I can't if we're in an argument and, and it's say, it's say we've had an argument, I can sit on that for a little bit and it I doesn't fu- bother me too much, but which I like, is bad. I always want to resolve an issue. If you could cook any meal for the other person, what would it be? So, I'd like, as in you're cooking it for me, for my enjoyment. Okay. We have been doing some like amazing roasts recently, mm. and that is really good. Um, if you get it right, like slow, slow cooked pork or whatever. Um, it'd probably be a pasta based dish, I would have thought. For what I would like, yeah. You reckon? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I'm now conflicted because we had a conversation earlier about favourite foods and Matt loves burgers, but I've personally never really made a really good burger, so I don't know if I would make you that. I'd probably make you pasta as well. Or a roast. 
Yeah. But you're actually, Matt's like outdoing on the roast front. And I basically always used to be head chef because I used to do really bougie cooking and I'd invite Matt around and be like, oh, I'm such a good cook. And then now he's moved in with me and he's overtaken me at cooking. How do you explain feminism and privilege to a white middle class male? You can explain. <laughs> how would you explain it to a friend? Um, how would I explain it? Um, so that I suppose that there are certain things in life um, that will hold people back and by proxy of being a white male you will never experience these things and so you you almost can go through life with like blinkers on mm. and not be aware of certain situations or certain structural um, things being in place which would disadvantage certain groups because to be honest they would typically always be of advantage to a white male and so you would never be aware that things are disadvantaging to others whether that's through jobs or whether that's through I, I don't know it could be any walk in life can you give an example of a time when you think your white male cishet privilege has given you a leg up um, like the one that you can consciously think of rather than like just general things in life or not really I think that's the whole point though like it would be like I would almost be unconscious to it yeah I don't necessarily think I, I've seen, I think from a structural perspective, the way in which the world of work is set up and life in general, it's pretty much set up for white males. So that's going to, you know, be a benefit to me. But I don't think there's been anything, I think there's things that are less explicit nowadays, which is probably why it's harder to call out specific examples. Yeah. How would you, how do you offset your privilege? I think you should have to be aware to do it and you have to, seek yeah. out the opinions of others and hear the problems of others and be willing and open to recognise that the way you see the world and experience the world is going to be very different from how other people get to experience the world based on their situation. Um, so I guess from like, you can, it's being an ally to people as well. So you, it's through understanding other groups, problems and issues that you can better understand how you can be of help um, and support and kind of change some of those things that are in place as well. Yeah, you're a very good ally. That was a good answer. Do you wish I had a different job? <laughs> no, because you love it. Like, you love what you do at the moment anyway, yeah. so no, no. Um, do you both have the same visions for the future, same goals at the same pace? We've been talking about this quite a lot lately. Yeah, I'd say broadly, yes. I mean, we pretty much do have... Well, you want to own a house and decorate the inside to, to like the nth degree. Like, I've already heard plans for all the rooms, so obviously owning a home at some point is is high up on the high up on the list. My favourite game is the game of where we go for a walk and I design the house from top to bottom in my head, and it, we'd never be able to afford it, but it's a fun game. Yeah, um, similar pace, I guess. I think we're at the same pace because we. I feel like we're quite set, not settled, but we're like happy in our jobs and. Yeah, we're in a similar stage. Oh, this is for you. How to stay fit while working full-time in a corporate job? Get up earlier. Um, I think, or stick to some sort of routine. If you're not a morning person, do it in the evening. But I think doing it in the evening can be really difficult. Same. So for me, um, I personally, I'm not saying it works for everyone. I just get up early in the morning. I go to the gym before work. Um, and I find, well, I, I, love, I love doing it anyway, so I don't really find it too much of a chore. Um, I quite like it. But I think for people who maybe... Find what you like doing, first of all, like whatever exercise it is, it can be anything, um, literally anything, and then figure out a way to put it into your schedule and make it a routine. But it's like your therapy, not your therapy, it's but it's like your, yeah, it, because yeah. You, he has to go, like every day you get really antsy if you don't go. And you're really, he's re you're really good as well, because you won't necessarily do loads if you're tired, but it's like, I think it's the process, it's the routine of going that makes you feel good, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if you have like a corporate a job, really you're going to be working 
a certain number of hours on somebody else's schedule. So the rest of your day is almost owned by other people to a certain degree. Um, you don't have full autonomy over it. So having that first part of your day where it's yours and that's the first thing you wake up thinking about or doing, that gives you, you know, the chance to at least set the tone for what you want to do during the day. Yeah, I agree. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, someone has asked, how do I stop feeling the pressure of needing a boyfriend in my 20s? What do you think? In your 20s? Oh, well, we're in our 20s. Yeah, but we're in our 20s, yeah. I don't think you need to feel the pressure to have a boyfriend because I've firstly I think and this is such cliche but I think the reason why Matt and I got on so well is specifically because I probably for the first time wasn't looking for a boyfriend and when you try and I think if you force a relationship to happen it will happen and then the likelihood is it might not be that good because you've kind of you've made it happen and when you make things happen like in terms of relationships sometimes you can be blind to things that might not work like red, red flags and stuff because you're so desperate to have one I don't think you need to have a boyfriend at any time um I'm really happy that we're together but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't just want any boyfriend. I just want, I just like having you. Yeah, I wouldn't rush it. Yeah. Moving in with your partner, money with your partner. There was another question about this, about like, uh, how do you organise your bills and stuff? Let me find that one, because I think, don't answer if it's too personal, but how do you organise bills when you moved in together? So, because you're still paying your rent at your flat, we just share, like, food bills and stuff. Yeah, we share we share food bills and then you buy extra I buy, stuff. I buy the coffee and the wine, <laughs> um, the the essentials. So I just buy boxes of wine and coffee, and that seems to do yeah. do the trick. Um, but I think being as long as you just talk about it, that's the easier thing because you know you know where you stand. There's no point if you feel something or you want to say something about finances or whatever. Just talk about it. We well, Matt went through all my finances the other day to help me with my tax next year. So you're very up close and personal and with, and with my money. But we earn like the same amount of money. But from the get go, we've had a very honest relation about our finances, which I've never had in a relationship before. But maybe that's maybe that's because I was at uni and like didn't have a proper job. But I really enjoy talking about money with you, and I find it really helpful to talk about like what you spend and what we save and. I think it's really, it's just another layer. And I think it is really important to know about your partner's finances. Yeah, it shouldn't um, be a, it, I don't think it should be a secret. No, and I think if we are different amounts, we would unevenly weight the way that we spent as well. Yeah, but it depends, like, it almost would depend on what level you're at. In yeah. In terms of, like... But, like, uh, say, if I was earning, like, 10K and you were earning, like, 80 Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. That's very different, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it would be a very different situation. Top three pick and mix sweets. Do you want to say mine and I'll say yours? <clears throat> I won't know your well of course you know mine I know some if you don't know mine then what the hell are we doing here that's a very good question well, <laughs> I'll say yours then so you like the pink and blue fizzy cola bottle no what no not top three really no way okay fudge no I like them what? in the pack but I wouldn't pick them as a top three you always pick with those oh okay a razzle the white razzles yep. white mouse no they're too much okay. if it was just if I had to select oh my God, three things for big mix Okay, fine. So white razzle, cola bottle, straw. Straw, probably yes, but like the more fizzy, fizzy ones. Right. The 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 white chocolate one, which I you said with like, the dots. Yeah, the jazzy. And then I love mini eggs. I would put mini eggs in there. 
Yeah, yeah well, Cause I absolutely you're a novice because they're not a real sweet, so. Yours? What are mine? White mice? Yeah, white mouse you can have. Oh, yeah, okay, thanks. A strawberry and a cherry, but really chewy ones that are, like, stale, because I like them when they're, like, Did you stale. just give away your other three? That was the them. Two. Oh, no, I was going to say oh, this. Oh, well done. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, at least I was going to say strawberry or cherry, so I would have got two, at least. Okay. Why are you guys now living together? You've expressed being in no rush to do so. It's coronavirus just accelerating relationships left, right and centre, isn't it? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah, you say you go. I don't you're think saying. we were going to. We no. were We were planning to move in in October, so it's shifted it forward a few months. Um, but I guess when the lockdown started, it was either move in together, which is reasonable and we could definitely do that, or don't see each other for an extended period of time. So... To be honest, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Um, and also working here is so much work in the, easier than working at my house with my brother because we both have similar jobs and we're both on the phone the whole time and it's pretty distracting, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, we wouldn't... I was actually really nervous. Someone said, how have you found your relationship change when you've moved in together? So nervous to do it. I was really nervous as well because, as we said, like, I love my own space and I'm really used to living on my own now. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if we're going to be ready in October and Matt was like we literally would have been together for like three years <laughs> so I think we'd be ready but weirdly we've been living together and I think it's the best thing ever I feel happier than ever do you yeah <laughs> you just agree because I'm just that. nodding <laughs> I genuinely do think it's been like so nice yeah it's been very good hasn't it it's just nice to hang out the whole time we have a lot more time on our yeah own. so that's been that's it's been, been like so much I really thought it would be one a massive change and two really overwhelming and if anything I've found it like the loveliest thing there was a really funny question that I wanted to answer for this too. So one of them was like, when did you first say I love you to each other? Should I tell the story? Because it's really funny. Because you were really drunk. So basically we were at my birth. Because someone else has asked, when did you first realise you were in love? Is there a specific moment you remember? I was in, I felt like I loved you way before I said it, but I was too, like, didn't want to say it because I was being cool. And then at my birthday I was really drunk and you lost me or something. We were in Gremios in Brixton. And then I found you and you were like talking about something. And then I, I went, I love you. And then I just ran off. And you were like, where have you gone? And then you got really annoyed at me because we were both really drunk. And I was like, why are you so annoyed? And you were like, you just said you love me. And then you just ran away. And I was really battered and I forgot that I'd said it. And then did you say it back then? Or do you made me wait then because you were annoyed that I'd wasted it? No, I did it. say it. I did say you it. You did. Yeah. But you were annoyed because I said it in like a... You said it and then you kind of just disappeared into the night. And I was like, I probably well, went what outside am I going to do with that? Cheeky sig. I was like, and I love you, bye. <laughs> but I think I loved you from um, before that. What's one random thing you find annoying about each other and then one random thing that you love? What do I find annoying? I don't really find it that annoying because I'm just now used to it, but you do like to to just leave stuff after you've used it for like an extended period of time, just out in the house. And it's probably because you've lived on your own for a while. So like... And you're making it sound like I'm a slob. It's you're not a occasional... slob, you're just a bit messy. Um, just a tight, it's creative. So like, yeah, let's call it creativity. Um, I'll put on creativity. It's artistic license to tidying. Is what I would call it. Sincere lack of tidying, yes. Matt's really tidy. Um, what do I find annoying about you? I find it annoying that he's never get, finds anything annoying. Like, you don't... Nothing winds you up. Yeah, I don't really get too stressed. Even something that I think is, like, really sad will tell the story and just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that annoys me. But not in, like, a mean way. I just, I'm like, it annoys me because I want to break you. Like, I've never seen you cry. I'm so fascinated. You're not? No. no. You, oh, you cried when you read A Little Life and I wasn't there and I was so annoyed because I wanted to see. That is a really sad book. Oh, that, yeah, it's a very sad book. Okay, then one random thing that you love. I love stroking your head, but I don't think that counts. What? When it's shaved? Yeah, but just in general, I just love a bit of a stroke of your head. Yeah. Do you love anything about me or we're just going to leave that one? <sighs> just 
<laughs> Should we just leave that one? <laughs> what are you going to say? No, I'm joking. I was, no, I wouldn't say something inappropriate. Okay. I was going to borrow a refrain. That's okay. There was actually a rude question on her, but do either of you snore? Do how either, does the other one deal? Do either of you snore or do you mean when Anoni snores, how do you deal with it? Yeah, um, that is basically the question. <laughs> yeah, Anoni does snore sometimes. Although I actually don't think I'm waking up as much from your snoring. You do just a little... <laughs> Like snore every so now and then. Matt's really like sleeper, like the lightest sleeper you've ever met. And when we first started going out, I would not sleep all night long because he would poke me to stop me from snoring or like roll me over. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd be like, fuck, I really feel like I haven't slept. And it would be because I was snoring. But now, that was in the first year, but now you never wake me up for snoring. I wake myself up sometimes when I do a really <sighs> one and then it. Yeah, you are quite good at snoring and sleeping in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good at sleeping. Matt, would you still love me if I was a worm? A worm? A worm. It's kind of hard to form an emotional attachment to it. I've never loved a worm before, so... What if I turn into a worm now? Would you look after me? Oh, right, yeah. Would you get another girlfriend and then you keep can't me in the... Can you touch a worm? Because don't their bodies burn if you touch them? So that's pretty brutal. Is that worms or those reptiles? What? No. Is that with worms? I think okay, so, yeah. if I turn into a worm right now, would you put me in a really nice box and give me, like, a little home? But yep. then what if you got a girlfriend I'd and put then... put you in one of the flower pots. Oh, yeah, that's true. It would look a bit suspicious, though, wouldn't it? What, having a worm in a pot? No, moving into your flat and then you just gone. <laughs> well, you'd have to explain to people that I'd turn into a worm. Yeah, exactly. That wouldn't be suspicious to order. it. Matt, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a feminist are you inspired by Grace Campbell? Isn't it? Well, it's more, it's a zero or one question, isn't it? You either are or you aren't. No, because I think you could be like, I think a number ten feminist would be like an activist who's out campaigning and uh, da -da 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 -da. Oh, right. Well, hang on. What's to ten and what's the one? Okay, so one, scale. like, as one feminist would be someone that doesn't, just not really, like, one feminist is someone that thinks feminism is um, the same as humanism. And so they don't really know what it means. And then a ten is, say, who's someone that's really, really feminist? Who's the most feminist person you know? I don't know. Me? Yeah, you're up there. But I, I, don't I know. think I'm about maybe like I'm a seven or an eight. But I'm not going out there wearing I am a feminist T-shirt. But if people ask me, then I'll always say. But but you also do you do stuff at work. You're like an ally, and you do actually. Yeah, but I give see your that's, time that's, to... Yeah, I see that as separate from. I guess. Oh, no, I guess that suppose... is feminism. Intersectional feminism. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So you do actually do you do give portions of your time towards things. So I think yeah, you're pretty high up, high up. Yeah, I do. High up on their scale. Fair. Oh, this is interesting. You said Matt was quite feminist once. Lol, it's the next question. What's both your views on marriage? Not yet. No, but what's your, <laughs> what's your views on it? So basically, um, it's obviously a very old-fashioned thing. Yeah, it is an old-fashioned thing. Um, do you want to go first on that? Or do you want me to? I don't mind. Do you have anything to say immediately? Yeah. Yeah, you, you go. Um, I think it's always dictated by your own personal experience of, not of marriage, but of seeing mm. your parents, if they if they were married, if they were both, both together. Um, and so, you know, I was very lucky to come from a family where my parents are both together, um, happily so. Um, and, you know, their parents as well, or at least on my mum's side, were, whereas my dad's was slightly more complicated, um, let's say it that way. So I've always had a very, very strong... Um, but strong impression of marriage so I think it's something which can be hugely beneficial for a couple at the right point in time but I'm not somebody who would be wanting to jump into marriage thinking it's a silver bullet to solve a problem but what about all the things I agree with all that but what about all the things like to do with the fact that marriage the idea is that like the woman gets given away by her father and yeah I suppose but do you then, think you can discount that 
Yeah, I don't necessarily think it needs to be like that as well. No. Like, that's the framing of, you don't, it doesn't need to be like that. It's like the same as getting married in, you know, in a church because you're saying vows in front of God. If you don't believe in God, don't get married in a church. Like, your marriage is what you can also make yeah. of it as well. It's not a predefined thing. So I often feel funny saying, I really want to get married because I really want a massive party. You just want a ring. I want a really big ring, which is also not that feminist. Well, maybe it is. Getting that dollar, um, because I just like it. But then I do. I see all the hypocrisies within it. But this is one of my one of my things about feminism is that I do think, I do think a lot of it is about choice. And I do think that if it's, I think if you're aware of something, then you can commit to it. I think sometimes the problem with marriage is if you don't understand all the history of it, then if you're ignorant to that, then sometimes that can change it. But yeah, I suppose I just I see it purely. My view of marriage, is, I see it. As, committing to a single person for the rest of your life yeah. I don't see it as anything it doesn't need to be anything more broad than that yeah and me. I think it's a nice thing to get people together and I don't know I do quite like the idea of it I do think it's old fashioned and that's maybe one of the hypocritical parts of my feminism this is a good question interested to hear if Matt's fem- more feminist now that we're together do you think I've made you more of a feminist maybe a little bit <laughs> um, right. you probably have <laughs> do you not think I've impacted you yeah you, you have um, yeah I'm more aware of certain like kind of marginal issues which I maybe wouldn't have been before as well and based on people you either speak on speak with on your podcast or just experiences in general as well yeah I do talk to you a lot about all the things I learned in Thai yeah do we share food or split food when we get a takeaway that sounds like the same thing but um Uh, oh well uh, yeah I think they mean do you share do you share we We, we're quite good (laughs) at sharing with each other as long as we know there's enough um we'll order two yeah and then half half each but yeah, we 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 are actually pretty good at sharing food with one another. What's your thought on the gen- thoughts on the gender pay gap? There's obviously still a massive issue, and I think the gender pay gap, in terms of that one statistic, can't really tell you an awful lot because it doesn't. It, it's just quite a um, it's like a blunt figure you can't really see. But there's obviously a huge dearth or a lack of women in senior jobs in terms of leadership um, within certain companies, and that can lead to the pay gap being you know, far more. But there's definitely women that just get paid, like in America, it's like the difference between a man and a woman and then a woman of colour and then a Latino woman, like you can literally see per hour for the same job, they'll get paid massively less. Yeah, and but I and I also think like the, the biggest, one of the biggest issues though is getting women into leadership positions, like because they are seen as people who you, you have to take off time to have a kid, whereas a man doesn't necessarily, all these things which impact women, which don't impact men can lead to them being disadvantaged and therefore not being, not as many women being in senior positions. Yeah, not to mention also though, like um, invisible, what's it called? Invisible bias? No, what's it called when you have, when someone will like not hire someone on the basis of like something? Do you know what I mean? There's that too. Bi- yeah, yeah, there's biases all around which will impact um, women. It's the same with like funding. So like funding for early stage companies is massively biased towards like male oriented founders. Um, and that's a huge, huge problem. And then most of the time it's because the companies they're investing are white, pale, male. Um, stale. And stale, very stale. Um, and so they obviously just invest in people similar to them because they believe they're going to be best. Whereas if you look at, I don't know, you look at coronavirus response, all the countries which, if you, know, if you want to say, I don't want to say best, but all the countries which seem to have coped the best, um, you know, globally are those led, by women and yeah. I think that says a lot same with a lot of organisations as well I agree and also a lot of your work you do you you try to get women and female founders into your they think that's like a massive initiative that you have Matt is actually almost more feminist than me you actually do more in your work I about that silently like you'd never I actually yeah I don't burn, I, yeah, no. I do I do a fair bit but then I but there's those things in your work that you won't let me talk about that you do now oh yeah 
Yeah. I won't talk about it. But he's basically just, he is actually quite activist. You do agree about the gender payback, but you just, you were just talking about it like very. Um, oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's like a, a thing and it needs to, like, there are things that need to be done to, like, reduce the gender pay gap um, massively. Um, but I also think there are other ways in which you can measure it, which would show you the disparity in the problems more clearly. Do you speak openly about mental health with your friends? Yeah, I think so. Someone said that their boyfriend struggles to open up to their friends and she feels overwhelmed because she wishes they would speak to their friends as well. Do you have any advice to speak about mental health with friends? I think it's just saying, just checking in with people if you know somebody is going through a slightly tougher time. But what about if you're the one with the problem? How would you encourage, like, I don't think friends are ever going to be judgmental. I guess it completely depends on the dynamic of your friendship group. You boys are quite brotherly with each other, aren't you? Yeah. Um, it's difficult if somebody doesn't want to open up. Yeah. It can be, so I think it's often on the others and the other people within that friendship group to be able to... Um, make them feel comfortable in opening up and at least saying, you know, I'm not okay or, or whatever it might be at that point in time. Because obviously for men it's like the biggest killer, isn't yeah. it, under 45? So it's obviously a huge, huge issue. It's actually really sad that it's like someone from our school the other day took their life and it, you just keep seeing it more and more with, with men and it is actually just so, so hard. But I think it's interesting as well because you're you're really pragmatic about talking about any issues and I think when a man is able to talk about feminism, talk about things like that, it gives you the ability to talk about things like mental health because you're not worried about the stigma of being effeminate. You've never, yeah. I've asked you that before when we first started dating. People, people perceive it to be like, it well, I guess like it's like, not an alpha male. like a weakness or whatever, but it's like, that's super weak just to have that kind of frame of reference or mentality. Um, and I think actually our generation are really changing. I don't think, there will be certain people in certain pockets um, who still think that way and want to, portray this kind of alpha male type vibe which is cool by them but it's really probably them just it's a bigger front for their own insecurities so being able to talk about anything um whether that's mental health or feminist issues whatever it might be getting over the fact that it's not weak to be talking about uh, issues which impact other people i think that's a good thing yeah there's another question kind of guess related to this which is what advice would you give to men who struggle with confident women who struggle with confident women You've, I, I always used to, I I, like this, yeah, you, you're I quite, I quite, I quite like confident women, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I've always been. You always go out with girls who've got a lot to say, women who've got a lot to say for themselves and who are very outspoken, kind of like a bit too much of a derogatory term. You want people to be completely sure, not completely sure of themselves, but like to be, you know, their own person, be super independent and driven by themselves um, and therefore by proxy probably confident. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't think you want, not not necessarily confident, like, you don't have to be completely really loud or whatever, you but I think be, yeah. you want someone to be happy with themselves. Yeah, just like sure of themselves, as in happy with who they are, whatever that is, whatever form that takes. I think, I guess people, men sometimes might feel like they're intimidated if a woman's confident because it undermines their, this is what I was going to say, when Matt and I first started dating, I'd always gone out with guys who thought, I, they thought they were like alpha males, but they were very kind of, quite a lot of toxic masculinity, which I think came from insecurities and stuff. And Matt, just any question I asked you, you would never, ever take offence. Like, no matter what, not they're rude, but I could ask you things which I don't think I'd ever asked for men before. And you were just like, no, I don't think that. Or this is what I think about this. And I was like, do, do you ever feel... And that's what made me think you're, like, such an alpha male. I think that's such a cool place to be, to be really open and really liberal in your views. But have you ever had men, like, friends or acquaintances, ever pull you up or say anything when you kind of talk about feminist issues or anything like that? 
because I think that's a misnomer. I think people assume that, oh my God, I can't be like this because some, someone's going think this, but it's actually, if, in practice, has that ever happened? Yeah, not really. And I think if you surround yourselves with the right type of people, then they don't really, they, they don't call you up on that kind of thing because there's nothing to call, be called up on. And yeah, I don't know, if you're sure of yourself and you're happy with what you're talking about, then hey, fuck them, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm just going to do like two more questions. It's hot in here as well, isn't it's it? It's so hot. It's like being on a... I can't really sense it on a podcast, but it's steaming. I'm sweating. Lol. Yeah, me too. Not as much as you, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm dripping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this isn't on video. Okay, this is a good one. Matt's faves books. And then, this is the first question. What are your favourite books? You need to sit nearest to the mic. Oh, I need my phone. What? I, I do what? love books. You do? What? Matt reads more than I do. The one I'm reading at the moment, I'm enjoying very much. That's top of mind. That would be Billion Dollar Whale. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but it's basically about how somebody embezzles billions of pounds from a sovereign wealth fund to use that to fund pretty much partying in Vegas, paying for films and doing whatever the fuck they want. And it's pretty mad. Um, so if anyone wants to read that, that's cool. And then the other two, maybe from this year, because I won't go into last year's, because that'll just take me far too long. Um, I... I, oh, I'm trying to, it's because I bet you this year that you couldn't read a book a week. And then I started doing it and then I kind of, I am reading a book a week, but I'm, you've now read more than me. Yeah, well, it's going, <laughs> it's going well. And then uh, I suppose number two, um, The Choice uh, by the Edith Eager. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, that was a great book, um, pretty dark at times, but about a Holocaust survivor who's kind of turned her life um, around completely, obviously from like devastation and, and kind of the choice within that. And it's not dissimilar from Man's Search for Meaning. So if people have read that, that's quite a good one. That really affected you, didn't it? You found yeah. that really sad. Yeah, that was super, super sad, but also very enlightening. And then the last one, um, How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen, who died maybe the, earlier this year or late last year, one of the two, um, pretty much what what kind of legacy do you want to leave um and how you therefore le live your life accordingly like what do you want people to remember you by um rather than just how much you earn which is pretty pointless um mm. so pretty much what decisions do you take on a day-to-day -day basis to reinforce that um i'm not even sure i'm doing all of it but i'm trying it's really funny because i read loads i love fiction and matt loves non-fiction but matt really you like absorb things so much and you really want to I don't like it's like you really improve you really take a lesson you learn it I'm very bad at that so I want to I want to learn make mistakes myself as you're like no if I don't have to do something wrong if I, I take the, the scenic yeah, route if, if I can get the answer faster I'll try to but then you probably have to live most mistakes to get smart anyway so you have to probably make the mistakes regardless but hopefully you just at certain points in time you remember something you've read from somewhere which will point you in the right direction yeah potentially we've just got such specific personalities do you know what I mean I feel like we're so typecast as a person like your personality and my personality are really different but they're really like mm. not stereotypes which you know what I mean yeah okay the other part of that question is what was our favorite holiday I think we'll say the same one which holiday I'm having like a blank on all the holidays we've been on I I was gonna say Venice even though oh, it was that's a so, break. yeah that was so true well I'd say Italy in general mm. although I'm not gonna put it down to one holiday I fucking love it. Yeah, it, it, but Venice was amazing, wasn't we it? We just that had was the. Cool. It was like a, we only there for like a few days, and we just had like the happiest time. We just ate so much food, drank so much wine. I don't know what it was, but it was just like everything was right. It was like you know in a film when all the lights go green and everything. That's what it, that holiday felt like for me. 
Would you agree? Yeah, it was. He yeah. just started reading his emails. He doesn't care about, <laughs> care about my no, no. Story, story about Venice. He just lied to us. Okay, should we do one last one? Emily, let's do one for my sister. What would be the four items you can't live without? You do, you, do you have to be one of the items? No, I'm not an item. I'm a human. You're the shit. Right. I'm glad we cleared that one up on the podcast. <laughs> what would be the four items? Probably books. Okay. These are all physical things that I can't live without. Food is probably high up on the list. Yeah, but I think that you would be... I reckon if you had food, shelter and... Okay, so your basic needs are taken care of. Yeah, Maslow's hierarchy of needs are taken care of. Right. I don't think there's anything I really couldn't live... We had this conversation the other day, didn't we? I mean... literally just like books. I mean, I've been here for, what, nine weeks and what do I have? I have some clothes and I have books. (laughs) Matt has. That's pretty much it. Matt has like four t-shirts, two pairs of shorts and a pair of jeans. I have a laptop for work and a phone, but... I could live without those if you want, if you want, if you ask me to. I think I couldn't live without fake tan. Yes. Books. Music. Could you live without music? Actually, I do really like podcasts as well. And I do really like, well, that's handy. You've actually got such a nice voice for podcasting. I was going to tell you that when we're off air, but I'll tell you now. Thanks. Do you want to start your own? No, I'll leave it to you. I think it's going to be my one and only appearance. You could have your own. What would you call it? Adulting 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking to get into the podcast business. I think. Are you not? Mind you, I did see Joe Rogan signed like a deal for I think like 300 million this week for like to be on Spotify. So maybe, maybe I should reconsider. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not getting paid that just for in case anyone's wondering. If I was. 300 mil? Fucking hell, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my flat's nice, but. It's nice, but it's not, it's three, not, it's not, not 300, it's not 300 mil. mil nice. <laughs> I also don't own it. Um, okay, I think that's everything. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say? I think you've been such a fantastic guest. That no, was good, apart from it just being so hot. Enjoyed that. It was. Uh, thanks for your questions, guys. There I've lots actually, of them as well. Yeah, we did loads. You would honestly, you were great. You spoke well. You have to say that. Would you like you to be together. my boyfriend? You can't really. Be, you can't be mean to me now. Can you? I'm never mean to you. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. But no, that was fun. That's good. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next week. Bye. You say bye. Bye. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.